Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited to talk about the next book in the book series, the August book, The Power of One More by Ed Milette. And my guest today is Dr. Paulette Evans, who lives in Raleigh, North Carolina, and identifies as a process improvement project management expert who utilizes proven methodologies to effectively and efficiently solve problems at work, home, and everywhere in between. And because this ability comes naturally to her, she recently launched her company, Evans Efficiency Experts, a consulting firm focused on helping people and organizations solve complex problems, implement lasting changes, and increase the efficiency in their life. Paulette has a passion for empowering women to be strong, self-reliant, and successful in all of their endeavors. So she spends many, uh, much of her free time volunteering for organizations that have the same focus. And that's how Paulette and I met. And during her free time, she loves traveling internationally, cooking, relaxing at the spa, and spending time with her husband of 18 years, John Jamal Evans. Paula, I am super excited to have you on the podcast. I know that we've been friends from our service on the Junior League's governing board, and I just think this book is the perfect book for us to jump into. Yes, absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's start off. Why don't you tell us a quick summary of the book? So in the way I was reading it, uh, again, it, it's something that a lot of things he said resonated with me because it's kind of like, it's kind of like how I live my life. Like I want to always do one more thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just want to be the best. And then one more after that, whatever the next level is, whatever the next thing is, the next person I need to talk to. It's, it's a, a way to encourage everyone to do more than you do more than just the, the minimum. So that's the way I read the book. It's, it's, I mean, you can, you can do the minimum. I mean, you may just get minimum results though. So if you want to be the most and be extra and have all these other things, then you have to do one more in Mm -hmm. everything and every aspect of your life. And and that's what he pretty much was telling us throughout the entire book. Just one more connection, one more reach out, one more conversation, one more goal, whatever it is, just try to push yourself to be even better than you think you can be. And it yeah. was extremely encouraging and, and it resonated really well with me. Yeah. I love this concept of the power of one more, and it's such a simple concept, but it's not, exactly. you know, I think that's where I really enjoyed this book. And I think he really puts it in, uh, summarizes it really well when he says you're one more meeting, one more relationship, mm-hmm. one more decision, one more action, or one more thought from leading the life you deserve and the power of one more challenges challenges you to become hyper-focused and addicted to searching for the one mores in your life. Mm-hmm. And he also goes on to say, you, you can find your best life by doing one more than the world expects from you, which you, you mentioned yes, and you exactly. summarized. 
What I also thought was really interesting is he he got this concept from his dad. Um, so he yeah. talks about it in the very end, which mm-hmm. was really interesting about how his dad was um, uh, an alcoholic and was going yeah. through AA. And he talked about this concept of one more day, like you need to be sober for one more day. Mm-hmm. And I think that it also resonates about beyond going above and beyond. But when you're overwhelmed, it's okay, I just need to do, I just need to get through today. Yes. So it kind of goes both ways. And I really liked the fact that this, this concept is applicable to so many things that people are about mm-hmm. to quit and they give up, but it's one more meeting. Yeah. yeah. Take one exactly. more meeting. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's along the same lines of one, one day at a time. Like, yep. I mean, that's kind of when he was talking about his dad, that was what I, I focused yeah. on and envisioned in my mindset as he was talking about it and telling the whole story. I was like, this is literally, I mean, one day at a time, if you're trying yep. to overcome something or you're trying yeah. to be better at something, it's, it still applies one day at a time. Just take it yeah. one day at a time, even one hour at a time. Sometimes it is about just getting through and being able to make it from point A to point B. And yeah. that may be an hour, that may be a day, it may be a year, whatever it is, you just got to take it as many steps as you need to at a time. And yeah. It's okay. it's okay. Yeah. I love it. Um, in the book, he talks about this concept, uh, page 1011, about this internal thermostat. And he talks about how we all have this thermostat inside us and it really determines, I would say like what level we're, we're working at. So, you know, I, I really like the idea of like turning the dial up and turning it down. And he talked mm-hmm. about how this thermostat regulates our internal self-worth. And so if we don't think we're, we're worthy of that thing, we may need to turn the term thermostat down to get a little air conditioner going on and yeah. um, get going. And he also talks about how if the thermo- internal thermostat is set the right way, it will transcend all the conditions you're living through to help you find success, no matter what the conditions are. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like gauging your inner, your inner self. So it guides you to where you need to be Mm -hmm. Uh, again, very, just something. I, I love how he always tied something back to something that's very applicable to anything, but you can also resonate with it. Like just common sense, everyday kind of items or or concepts. So yeah, that one was very interesting as well. Because again, it's that internal guide, your focus. Do I need to go harder? Do I need to push harder? Do I need to pull back? Do I need, (laughs) I mean, it's kind of like how you read a person or you read the room Mm -hmm. when you walk into it. It's that similar concept. Do I need to show up and and do this? Or do I need to just kind of pull back and observe things? Do I need to press pause for a second? and just hang out for a bit here and watch what happens around me? Or do I need to go in and do everything? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah. that, that gauge, that internal gauge. And then that pushes you to do what you need to do and show up how you need to show up. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I loved that uh, analogy. Yeah. And then he's a big fan of the movie, The Matrix. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, definitely take a look at that movie. Yes. And <laughs> I am a I know. I was like, I know I like him already because he loves yeah. the Matrix. I am a Matrix super fan. I've loved that movie forever. I love Keanu Reeves. I mean, he's just, mm-hmm. oh, I love everything about him and everything he's in. I watch. So yes, the Matrix yeah. all day. <laughs> and I think one of the cool things that he tied the one to this was really looking at your life from, you know, a slowed down 
perspective and really filtering out uh, what you give weight to as important in your life. And I think Mm -hmm. so many times we're just like going through life and we don't ever really stop to analyze our life and strategically like slow it down to create that space for our brains to reset. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think that the cool part about that is when you do have that experience and you slow that down, you'll start to realize that there were one more things all along, you know, like you could have that you could have done one more this, or you could have done one more year, one more day. Um, So I I really thought that was really interesting. And I, I love the movie. So there's that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that standing outside yourself for a second. And I mean, even nowadays, I guess we call it reflecting. So when you have that moment to reflect on the day you just had, or the week you just had, or the month or whatever, whatever, you know, timelines you use to reflect and just have a moment with yourself looking back to say did I do everything I needed to do mm-hmm. uh, and it's, sometimes it's a look it's looking at something that didn't work out yeah if you're evaluating how a situation went something didn't work out the way you thought it would work out a relationship ended and you didn't expect it to what have you yeah. you you go back and you say okay let me just pause for a second and think about what I could have done differently and if there is something then that's a learning for the next thing because I mean, yeah. any mistake or, or bad choice, if you're learning from it, it's not necessarily a mistake anymore. It's, it's a learning opportunity. So yeah, so that, that pause and reflection is definitely key to, to every day. I try to at least reflect on every day at the end of each day, whenever I yeah. have a moment. It could be that moment I'm finally laying down to go to sleep and I'm like, okay, 10 minutes before I go to sleep, what happened today? What worked, what didn't work? What am I gonna do different tomorrow? So yeah. it, it could be one more something that would change what happened today to a positive for tomorrow, et cetera. But yeah, it's, it's, it's constant that, I mean, we always have one more something in us we just yeah. what it is and then commit to doing it. Yeah. And that really ties to the next chapter on one more try about how so mm-hmm. many people end up giving up right before they're about to hit gold. Or- no. Oh yeah. And, and, and that part I was, when I read it, I was like, Oh, I feel like I feel for the people that didn't realize they were so close and they stopped or they quit when they were just at it. And if they'd given yeah. it again, one more day, one more try, one more second, it would have, you know, flourished into what they were expecting. And they, yeah. they, they, they pressed the brakes one second too soon. And then yeah. they missed up on what they could have had. Yeah. And, and that's a very unfortunate place to be. Yeah. And he has this to say about that. When you push yourself, push yourself and empty everything you have inside of you to the point of having nothing left, that's when everything will be created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is, oh gosh, that statement is just so beautifully written. Yeah. Uh, so true. So true. Because I mean, again, it's one of those things If you giving up and this is not in my DNA to give up or quit things. I just, I don't yeah. I can't wrap my mind around the concept, but for people who quickly do that in my mind I'm like just but why I mean you started it so it meant something to you to start it so yeah. see to the end I mean just yeah. fight fight for what it, whatever it is you want and you you feel you need or deserve because I mean if you're not going to fight no one else is going to fight for you yeah so put in yeah. everything just give your whole to whatever it is you're desiring mm-hmm. and it will come to you 
Yeah. And then he goes on to talk about the five principles of time management. And mm-hmm. I think I found this really interesting because he talked a lot about, and you know, I talk a lot about this too, that there are 60 seconds in a minute, 24 hours in a day, but some people achieve way more than others. And yeah. he really talks about understanding how you alter how you perceive time because we can do so much more these days than when time was invented, but you can trick your mind into bending time to use it to your advantage to accomplish more. What do one more? Yeah, I I love that was one of my favorite chapters for sure. Because I'm all about time management. And sometimes it does feel like people say to me, they don't understand how I do all the stuff that I do. And it is because to me, that finite amount of time, I can use as I see fit. I mean, I yeah. really can pack in as much as I want to, even if it seems like it's more than eight hours of yeah. work, that's okay. Because I have these things I need to get done and I don't mind getting all, you know, working the extra time to get things done. Cause yeah. at the end of the day, I can say I accomplished all of this as opposed yeah. to just one or two things. So yeah, I, I loved that chapter because he was speaking yeah. about like time management and I mean, <laughs> it's everything. And, and it was so Yes, not even profound is when he said, you know, there, there is only but so much time. I mean, yeah. that is a fair statement is how you use it. And it feels like you have three days in one day. If you yeah. break things into eight hour increments or whatever increments to get all these things done that a normal yeah. person would just spend the whole day doing. Yeah. And he, and he really talked about this concept of self-management because you can't really manage mm-hmm. the time. It's how you manage yourself in the time. Exactly. And you mentioned this, he blocks his day into three days. Yeah. So while you're living seven days, he's living 21 days in a week. Yeah. Um, so he has many days, the first day, six to noon, uh, noon to six and uh, six to midnight, knowing that he's going to have some time to sleep at night too. But what he says is that by doing this, it really creates a sense of urgency because he's Mm -hmm. operating at a higher level and trying to get things done in his three days. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and and I, as I'm reading, I'm like, okay, that's, that's what I do. I just never thought about it. Yeah. But I mean, if there's something, if something's due next week, I mean, if I have a moment today, I'll go ahead and do it. Just get it out of the way. I don't need to wait until next Wednesday to get it done if it's due on Thursday. If I have time today, I'll say, you know what, let me just go ahead and knock that out. So I do block my my time like that. I have like chunks of time a day to just power through and work on the most of whatever is happening on my to-do list. And it works out really well. And it feels awesome just to be able to accomplish things. I love checking things off that to-do list because it is always very long. So Yeah. yeah. And then he talks a lot about one more relationship. So, you know, mm-hmm. to succeed, it's it's having one more connection and that not everybody needs to be in your inner circle and that it's yes. okay when people move out of these circles. And I think that so many times in business and in life, we hang on to relationships that their season has passed. And he used the quote, Mm -hmm. I don't know where this came from, but he definitely says that it came from somewhere that people enter your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yes, that one. Oh yeah. As he was right. I was like, yep. (laughs) I don't. And and it's, it's because I look at, I I look at everything black and white to be fair, but I also use that with relationships. So I, I can't get caught up in the feeling of the relationship. Yeah. It's, are we 
mutually benefiting each other. And I mean, that can be for whatever, for whatever purpose that person's yeah. in your life. I just don't ever want to be a person that's just a leech or, on someone. All right. I'm always yeah. taking from someone. I feel like a relationship has to be 50, 50, both yeah. parties give toward it and contribute to it to make it work. And if it's not working anymore, you have to just walk away. You have to cut ties. And that can be family. That can be a random friend. It can be a coworker, whatever it is. If that person isn't serving in a positive way in your life, you can walk away. And some relationships, they just become irrelevant or you outgrow each other or whatever. And it's okay to say, you know what? Yeah, we're, we're, we're fine. I mean, we we're cordial if we ever see each other again, but we don't have the same relationship we had before and it's okay. And it's not, that's not a bad thing to be able to go through and say, this is my inner circle. Uh, like my board of directors is what I call it. Yeah. These are the people that if something's happening, I know I can reach out to them to say, Hey, just want to pick your brain real quick. Or I want to, you know, bounce something off of you. Those people are in a specific place in my space, like in my yeah. phone, in my heart, you know, whatever it's, it's, it's necessary. It's really strategic and it's purposeful. I mean, the people that you have around you, it should be purposeful because you want to be surrounded by people that can feed you and you can feed them. And it's a relationship that is giving in in both ways. Otherwise, it's just a a waste of your energy and your time. Yeah. And when you find those people, it's truly gold. I know one of the Mm -hmm. quotes he has in the book is from uh, Vince Van Gogh, which says close friends are truly life's treasures. Sometimes they know us better than we know ourselves with gentle honesty. They're there to guide and support us to share our laughter and our tears and their presence reminds us we are never really alone. And I think it's so important to really think about this concept of one more relationship in that we're, we're, we should constantly be on the quest for our next Mm -hmm. deep relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Because we were not put on earth to be alone in general, in in general. That's not the way God designed it. So yep. people who are lonely, I, I often, again, it's one of those things, one of my, my best friends, she is on the search for a mate. And I'm like, okay, so you, again, you have to keep trying one more conversation, one more yep. date, one more connection. Yeah. You have to put forth that effort, go that extra yeah. mile because we're not designed to be alone. Yeah. And then the next chapter is really about one more dream. And I really loved this chapter because he talks about how the happiest people in life operate out of their imaginations and dreams and not their history and how a lot of people live the same. I'm going to use a term that many, maybe you don't know a record. They play the same record. (laughs) Some of our listeners may be like, what's that? Yeah, Uh, But they play the same record over and over. And he really talks about how dreaming is one of the greatest gifts and that we lose that at some point when we move into adulthood. Yeah. And, and this is where, again, I think therapy comes into play. Yeah. You have to rehash so many things to get to the root cause of why you do the things you do today. And, and yeah. for my clients, I often tell them it's, I mean, I'm helping you unlearn some things because yeah. we've been taught certain things to do and not do. And all of that goes out the window nowadays because it's, yeah. it's, it's not healthy. It's not the right thing. 
uh, women are stronger, more powerful than we've ever been in this moment. So I think we we are in a space where we say, you know, we don't have time to dream. Like I have too much everyday real stuff happening. I don't have time to dream. And so dreaming has become a secondary thing for us. And mm-hmm. it should be at the forefront because it's the thing that pushes us to do all these things that we never thought we can do. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what he was speaking to, just tapping back into that. Dreaming yeah. big, imagining what you can be, imagining what you want all these things, because we can dream it. It's kind of thing of you can think it, then you can achieve it. You yeah. Know, you, if you think it, you can be it. And so that's what I think he was tapping into in that chapter, just telling us to dream more. And one more time, you know, I think so often we have this dream, you know, as a kid, I want to be a this, or I want to open mm-hmm. my business, or I want to do this. And then we arrive and we stop creating new dreams or aspirations. And yeah. so it's really about having one more. So I loved that. Yeah. As a business owner, you have so many things on your plate. And tech and IT is probably not at the top of your list. I'd love to introduce you to one of my favorite tools in my business, Kajabi. It's an all-in-one platform that includes everything you need in a single platform. Products, websites, landing pages. This podcast is hosted in Kajabi. Payments, analytics, your email marketing, communities, and so much more. It just works. Please check out my link for Kajabi to get started. And when you join Kajabi using my link, I will also spend two hours helping you get started off on the right foot. So please take a look at Kajabi. I would love to explore this tool more with you so that you can focus on what you do best in your business and not worry about IT. And then chapter eight, this is page 103, if you're following along, mm-hmm. I think had the most profound question oh I my goodness. ever read. And this is about asking mm-hmm. one more question of ourselves. And the question that he asks to kick off the chapter is, do you ever think about what you think about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you ever think about what you think about? And he's basically talking in this chapter about how most people never take control of their thoughts because they don't ask the right questions. Yeah. 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 Those questions were really awesome. I mean, and again, thought provoking, obviously. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that chapter was really, really just interesting in, in helping you reflect internally on the things that you think about what's important to you. Uh, the, Oh yeah, those were great questions. I was like, where can I use these questions again in <laughs> some yeah. conversation? Because they were so good. I, I loved thinking about the questions and answering them in my head. Uh yeah, they, they were just amazing questions. Amazing. Yeah. So if and you're curious, that, there are 20 41, yeah, 41 questions yes. on page 106. And they're so thought provoking. What's one more way I can bring my anger level down? What's one more way I can yeah. worry less? I mean, yeah, really that one deep. Because that one, the worry less about the past one focuses, mm-hmm. again, kicks back to what he was saying about living in the past. So it kind yep. of feeds off of the last chapter. Dream more and focus on the future. Stop worrying yeah. about the past and, and digging up all that stuff and living in your past. If yeah. You can't go forward if, you, if you're stuck there. 
Uh, I think my favorite one was the, the very last one. Is there one more way I can thank or honor my God for the gifts I received today? And I was yeah. talking to somebody yesterday. I went to a DEI conference on Tuesday and one of the first activities of the day, they had us at every table, there was a list of questions. <clears throat> so you can question and, mm-hmm. and ask yourself, what is what are the privileges you have in your life? Yeah. And you had a certain amount of money and every privilege cost $100. And so we, at oh. a, as a table, we had to figure out, we had $600. So we had to figure out what six privileges on this list of 15 were most important to us. And as I think about, again, what God has given me every day as gifts, I'm like, I am beyond privileged, privileged beyond my wildest dream. I can't complain about anything. I am thankful for everything I have, everything yeah. I, I experience, all of my, my experiences, my thoughts, my my gifts in terms of physical or non-physical. I mean, everything, everything in my life, yeah. my entire life is a gift. So I was like, that list is long <laughs> for that question. I was like, I can, I can yeah. question all day long in terms of the gifts I've been given. So it, yeah. it just, it's a really, really amazing list of questions. I, yeah. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And then the next uh, chapter is really on one more goal. And, you know, I'm all about goal setting here. We're all about goal setting. Yes. And he really talks about how goals are energy and how they give life force and their state of being. And he breaks down his system to goals, which is very similar to what, what we talk about on this podcast of really creating your best goals from a, a place of dreaming. Mm-hmm. And that, yes, there's systems who can make those really boring, but what really needs to be measured and specific is, are the actions that you are taking to achieve the goals. Mm-hmm. And I just love that idea. Um, and he talks about how that uh, really understanding the compelling motivation to your goals will keep your goal alive. So you will want to continue to achieve one more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It reminded me a little bit of, you know, smart goals, how they're specific, mm-hmm. measurable, uh, what's it, attainable, realistic, or relevant rather, and then timely. Just yeah. making sure that you you set goals, but you put things behind it that you can measure. So this yeah. is all measuring. This is, at the end of the day, achieving the goal or not yeah. achieving is a measurement itself. So you can't measure a goal that doesn't have measurable parts to it. So you have yeah. to make it specific, make sure things are happening when you want them to timely, make sure it's going to be, you know, a week later, this is what needs to be done. So that's what I'm going to do, that kind of thing. So yeah. And the motivation is key because I mean, if if you have zero motivation behind a goal, it is never going to happen. And so that self-motivation is, is again, what drives you to complete what you need to complete and to do the things you do. Mm -hmm. And he really talks about adding one more habit because the habits are what Mm -hmm. will help you achieve your goal. And I liked what he said in uh, one of the, in that chapter about how your brain is, and you'll like this, is constantly trying to find a way to conserve energy. And it does this by uh, minimizing the number of choices in your life and replacing them by hardwired habits into your subconscious Mm -hmm. mind, really making you more efficient. Yes. Yes. One of my favorite lines of the entire book. (laughs) Yes, that is, that is the only way I, again, that's the only way I know how to operate. It is Mm -hmm. constant evaluation to see what is, what makes the most sense and how can I do this, you know, smoother Mm -hmm. or faster or quicker or more thoroughly without overexerting myself because I have all these other things I have to do. So there is no time for waste in my brain because I have so many things that it's needed for at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. So 
Yeah. Yeah. And then the next real big concept that hit home for me was the the concept one more multiplier. And I think we've all been in these situations where there's that one thing or that one person where you realize that you're part of something special (laughs) and it's magnetic and people want to be a part of it and people want to be aligned with this person. And this is really the idea of the multiplier. So it's creating that chemistry and synergy And he talks a lot about great athletes, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, some of my favorite people. Mm -hmm. He also talks about um, how when putting them on a team, how they raise everybody else up, how they make other people better. And Mm -hmm. they're really looking for challenge. Those people are really looking for challenge. Yeah, exactly. And and for me, again, the black and white in me is one plus one equals two, but for him is one plus one equals three, because again, you have two entities that come together and they make something so much bigger than what they expect. So I think you yeah. expect that one plus one equals two, but it could be so much more. And, and that's yeah. the concept he was driving home in that chapter is that you can be more than the sum of your parts. You can be an amazing yeah. thing when you come together and create this synergy. <clears throat> and you start doing things together and you feed off each other and it just builds. So yeah, yeah so that was a, an amazing concept of, of, again, the multiplier, just yeah. being and able he, to do so much more than you think, you know, initially. Yeah. And he talks about how multipliers, one more multipliers attract one more multipliers. Like yeah. they talk about, you know, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and, you know, Tom Brady and, yeah. and Rob and, I think it's really interesting that um, he brought this up, but I do want to drill in one point because I think many times when one more multiplier is brought into a team or a situation, uh, many times their lights are dimmed. Mm-hmm. I've worked with in teams and committees where you could quickly identify who the multiplier is, who wasn't the manager. And yeah. the manager dimmed their light and really took away their, their mm-hmm. ability to do what they do best, which is multiply. So mm-hmm. have this, uh, he has these suggestions about how to work with a multiplier. And I really thought that this was really great advice because, you know, we've all seen people out there that are doing rock star things and really shining yeah. and yeah. We have to let them do that to be able to do that. So I'm going to run down these really quick. But the first one was to educate the multiplier on the big picture, to give them a voice, to contribute to the leadership philosophy, to create a framework of autonomy, to remove obstacles and let them be the stars that they are, Uh, to challenge them to compete at a high level and to check your ego at the door if you are the leader. And be sure to listen for feedback and let learn to let them go at the right time and when to lead. Yeah, yeah. Those were awesome uh, suggestions from, from him. And it's, I mean, again, it's that thing. I think I've, I've only had maybe one manager <clears throat> that did not. Yeah, yeah, we, we didn't click. I'll say it that way. But yeah, it was. And it was because I think he thought I was outshining him. And I was like, I'm, I'm really not. I'm just doing what I do. And, you know, I should be making you look good <laughs> because I don't need you to, to be here for all the things or to, to micromanage or to understand every situation. I'm good. I can, I can run with it. I can solve it. No issues here. 
but yeah, but some some leaders don't understand that. And those are the leaders that I, I oh, I dislike because they, again, like you said, they dim the multipliers and, and then you start being internal and saying, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I shouldn't yeah. do this anymore. And then you pull back and you stop being yourself. Yeah. And you, you miss out on all the amazing things that are in store for you because you are yourself and you do yeah. what they do. And, and some people really take it to heart and they, they beat themselves up and then they become a former shell of themselves. Yeah. So it's very unfortunate. And he goes on to say, joining forces with the one more multiplier is challenging and exciting. And you don't get to sit back and be passive once you do. Multipliers won't tolerate it. And so I really thought that this was like embodied the whole concept of one more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. I I love it. And again, you, you should want to be in a conversation situation team, whatever that challenges you to be your best self. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure why you would want anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the next one, the next kind of concept is one more and his 11 leadership principles. And mm-hmm. one of them I thought just really resonated with me. And this was the become an evangelist. And he talks yes. about how the best leaders enroll others in their cause and their yes. evangelists for their dreams. Yeah. And I, and when I, so I see the word and I immediately think, you know, Christianity church. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I have yeah. never thought of it in the sense that it just means someone who talks about something with great enthusiasm. Yeah. And I was like, God, I'm an evangelist for a lot of things. Apparently. Oh, people just say, when I love something, I tell everybody about it. I, I can't help myself. Yeah. I, I literally tell everybody about it if I love it. Same applies if I hate it, just to be clear. But yeah, I, I love so many things and I share it willingly and happily. And so, yeah, I was like, I never thought of evangelist being like that the definition is so simple. And I always tie that word to religion, yeah. like just immediately. So that was something I learned from the book for sure. That, that yeah. yeah, everyone is an evangelist in some way, shape or form. Just own it. Yeah. And then back to this really profound question of, do you ever think about what you think about? I think another <laughs> really profound chapter in the book is the concept of one more degree of equanimity. And this is where he talks mm-hmm. about how equanimity is the quiet glue that underpins a lot of other ideas in this book. And to reach the highest level, you must do so with an advanced degree of equanimity. And that's really that mental calmness, mm-hmm. composure, even temperedness, even in difficult situations. Yeah. Yeah. As I read this one, I was like, this is that, you know, mm-hmm. cool as a cucumber. The kind yeah. of situation and that even though everything is falling apart around you, you have to just maintain some level of calmness because you can't let yourself get there because then you you start shutting down. And in that yeah. moment, you can't shut down. So that's one thing you can't do. So you have to just remain calm, think clearly because you have to solve whatever is happening. And, it, and yeah. it's easier said than done for sure. But with practice, it becomes a little easier. Yeah, Uh, just to, you know, as everyone else is freaking out around you, you stay level headed, you can help solve it, drive the change, drive whatever needs to happen, the resolution or whatever. But yeah, it's it's hard to do. So it does Mm -hmm. take a ton of practice, get to that that place where you can remain calm, no matter what. Yeah. And I just, I think he did a great job of really exploring this topic of one more in so many different situations. And we already touched on the one more day and he closes with this statement. So there are three things I want you to know about one last one more. Uh, Number one, live 
a one last one more life as much as often as you can Two, one last one more works best when you treat every day as a new life and three mm-hmm. understand it's never too late for the one last one more yeah oh I think my favorite of that of the three is to live each day like it's a new mm-hmm. life because yeah. that keeps you in that space again going chapters back where he talked about not living in the past so if you start today anew then you're not looking at what you screwed up yesterday or what didn't work out the way you wanted to yesterday yeah. or last week. You're, you're starting today and saying, okay, today I need to do these things and that's what I'm going to do. I'm focusing on moving forward and getting things done, living my best life, appreciating today for today. Yeah. And, and that, again, that's another one that's easier said than done because some people love to just live in that space and beat mm. themselves up for things that didn't happen correctly or didn't work out or the mistakes they made when yeah. you just need to look forward. So yep. that, that was a, an awesome piece from this chapter, just to focus on the present and the future. Yep. Yeah. So how would you say this book impacted you? It was, it was interesting to see a lot of things that I, I currently think and the way I behave <laughs> to see it in writing by someone else was uh, validating. Cause so I was like, okay, I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not this crazy psychopath <laughs> that people think I am. Uh, Cause I, I do try to do a lot of things he does in this book and says in this book, I, I do. And it helps me understand why I do the things I do. Cause you know, mm-hmm. I never thought about it like this uh, helps again, validate some of the things I do and helps me understand myself even better and, yeah. and drives me and what motivates me to, to be the person that I am. So yeah. I, I, I enjoyed reading it. Uh, it was just, again, little nuggets that were just like light bulb was like, ah, oh, that makes sense. Like that, that's why I do that, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I, I definitely thoroughly enjoyed reading the book. Yeah. So if you had a chance to ask the author of this book, one question, what would you ask? Oh, it would be a family question because he talked about his daughter a lot, talked about his dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I would ask him what his what he thinks his dad would think of the book oh yeah yeah since his dad was kind of behind you know what what got him to this this point Mm -hmm. and and I I know his dad most likely had a lot of regrets and and things Uh, so yeah I would want him to I would want to know what his dad thought about the book yeah I would ask him what is the one more he struggles with the most Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah true all right. Uh, last question about this book. Uh, if you were to summarize the book in one sentence, how would you do it? Oh, I would say never be afraid to try one more. Mm-hmm. You can fill in the blank. One more chance, one more relationship, one more step, mm-hmm. one more guide, one more attempt, whatever it is that you're going through, never be afraid to try one more. I love it. All right, Paulette. Well, thank you for being on the show. I do have one other book related question. What other books are you currently reading? So I have a a fascination with murder mysteries. So anything James Patterson, uh, I do have the newest book from Stacey Abrams, where she actually uses her name, not her, her pseudonym, but her actual name. And they're sitting in my nut waiting for me to begin reading them. But yeah, they're they're on the docket. Love it. Um, and if somebody wanted to work with you, if you'd enjoyed this conversation with Paulette and you know that you want to become more efficient, how would they go about working with you? 
So they can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. My handle is at Paulette J. Evans on all three of them. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm always checking those things. So that would be the best place to reach out to me. Cool. Well, thank you, Paulette, for reaching out. We'll link all those links in the bio. And thanks for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation. And for those of you listening, you can join us live August 22nd, where the book club will be discussing the book, The Power of One More. We'd love to have you. Simply go to sarahmayer.com slash join book club so you can see all the dates for the discussion and sign up. And breaking news, our next book will be in September. Oh, it's right here. I'm like, where's the book? Uh, the next book in September just announced will be Positive Intelligence by mm-hmm. Shirzad Charmaine. And we'd love to have you in that, uh, reading that book. That one is going to be super exciting. And we do have a way to work that book, as well as this book, The Power of One More. So get ready to actually start implementing what you're learning in the book club. All right, everyone have a great day and know that you can crush your bold goals without working double time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.